Hey, it's time to start the Swarmcast Test. podcast. Test. 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 Oh no. boy, it's what sort of wacky kind of hijinks Test. are Cut we going to... We're, uh, uh, we're not doing the what? hijinks uh, this time. Things uh, are way too serious out uh, there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh. So why don't you go, uh, you know... Yeah, okay, I'll set this one out. Yeah, that sure. sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it from here. All right, let's cue some appropriate music. You're listening to the Swarmcast Podcast, a show about games and random fandom. I'm your host, John Manus. Things have been kind of crazy out there with a certain COVID-19 virus uh, putting everybody in house arrest, as it were. So some people have been gaming at home. Some people haven't had a nearly outlet. So I hope that you guys can enjoy this. Uh, this is our first of what I'm going to call our... <laughs> appropriately named ghost town episodes um where the things we're going to be dealing with are either things that have been affected by everyone having to stay at home social distancing or things that just seem thematically appropriate so i hope you can enjoy it and i hope that this podcast goes a long way towards um helping you cope with having to stay at home perhaps and not getting the uh, social interactions that you need and such but most importantly i hope you enjoy it because if we can't enjoy ourselves in these times then um oh my gosh i just don't know so sit back for the first part of our ghost town episodes We got a ghost, got a ghost. I admit that I'm impressed since I'm how tricks someone legit to come and sit and talk some stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So we are here and we've, like most of you, probably sitting sitting at home uh, listening to this because we, we can't go out anywhere, really. <laughs> and, <Wow. laughs> and with us right now, we have, um, we have our, our good buddy Ed Jallet from Shades of Vengeance. How's it Hi, going? John. How's it going, Ed? It's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's a really weird time. Um, I've not experienced anything quite like this in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think making the best of the situation is an important thing. I agree. And speaking of making the best of the situation, you currently have a game on Kickstarter right now, which is... Um, Oddly uh, appropriate. appropriate for for our current uh, state of things. So, what is what what do you currently have out on Kickstarter? So, the first thing I'm going to say before I tell you what it is is okay. I'd actually planned this a long time ago, and um, this was deliberately chosen to happen in March, April this year, (laughs) more than six months ago. So, you know, while it's oddly appropriate, it genuinely is coincidence. Right. Yeah, because listeners, these uh, Kickstarters don't just, um, especially nowadays, they don't just uh, pop up overnight. You have to have a lot of this already planned, and you have to go through a lot of of, um, stuff and a bit of a waiting. You have to really plan out when this is going to happen. So you're right. The fact that this this happened right now is a really bizarre coincidence. It really is. Um, However, 
what we are talking about, what we're dancing around, is Era Survival. Um, Era Survival is a post-apocalypse um, where an infection, actually it's parasites, not a virus, has taken over the world and it affects anything that is warm-blooded, which includes both mammals and and birds. Uh, so humans and animals and birds uh, are all affected by this. And... Um, the thing is, the thing that makes this game a little different is that all happened a hundred years ago. And there have been various attempts to sort of salvage humanity and salvage civilization. And broadly, everyone has now realized that it's never going to happen. Um, humanity is not going to make it. In another hundred years, humanity is probably going to be extinct. And everyone is working to make the best of the life that they can, whether that's the best for themselves or the best for other people. So Era Survival, uh, we launched it um, a little over four years ago now. About three years ago, we ran another expansions Kickstarter. You know, the, the first expansions Kickstarter, I should say. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, uh, it did really well. It funded three expansions. But ever since then, Era Survival's pretty much sat dormant. Like, we've provided um, campaigns for it, and we've provided, you know, various other bits and pieces. But um, we've not really expanded on what you can do as a player or as a GM. Um, there's quite a good reason for that. I mean, what we gave in the previous uh, Kickstarter was fairly comprehensive. Uh, we gave one faction source book. Um, obviously, there are 14 factions, so you know you can write quite a lot of source books. We gave one faction source book, though, um, and it had some rules um, for squad combat, and it had some unique backgrounds, some unique equipment. It was, you know, I was really quite proud of it. That's The Swarm. Right. And then there were two other books we also wrote, um, one was the infected manual, which is designed to give you a hundred different types of infection. You know what? I think I was on here talking about that back at the time, back three years ago. Uh, yes, yes, you were. In fact, I was going to, to say, listeners, you can actually get a lot of information about that particular Kickstarter on, um, I don't remember which episode it was right away, but I, I do remember that you were on here talking about it. So we, we produced the infected manual and, you know, a hundred different types of infection that that's so much for a GM to choose from. Um, it's also got random generation because obviously with a D10 rule set, you just roll 2D10. Uh, you know which one's the 10s and which one's the 1s. Go. Um, and uh, we also offered Tales of the Outlands, which was kind of um, an idea based on uh, kind of adventure seeds and, and, and possibilities for beyond the normal, in inverted commas, mundane era survival world uh you know all the legends all the all the stories about what really happens beyond the edge of civilization we we were really happy with what we produced we also produced a definitive edition rule book that included two of those expansions the infected manual and tales of the outlands are included in the definitive edition rule book you know we, we were reasonably happy with it but um era survival is one of our most popular games we have been really busy um and I've wanted to do a lot for a while. Um, I actually have another source book already finished. Um, the Citizens of Aqua source book just needs an edit, really, and a proofread. Uh, all the artwork's done. All the uh, you know, all the stories and all that stuff is it's all finished already. So you know, I have wanted to do something for a little while, and um, what pushed me over the edge actually was uh, just sort of last year. You know, we did the era, the consortium fifth anniversary. And I realized that Era Survival is approaching its fifth anniversary, you know, one more year. And we've not done anything for it in three years. You know, I, I think I think it's about time we do something. So that's where I kind of said, OK, well, we're going to do another set of expansions, which is uh, Expansions into the Unknown 2. 
and we're following the model that we did last time, which is um, we've got a funded goal, and that funded goal will give you three expansions. It'll give everyone three expansions. Mm-hmm. And then when we go beyond the funded goal, we're going to start unlocking extra expansions. Okay. And absolutely everybody will get every single expansion. So, you know, if you back this project above the, there is a three pound tier, which gives you the era survival rulebook primer at a discount and just your name in it. It's for people who would just like to support it and don't really want to be heavily involved in the game because they don't know it or whatever reason. But beyond that, the 15, 15 pound tier and above, you get all of the expansions that we unlock. That could be three or it could be 20. For Era of the Consortium, we ran a similar campaign, and it was eight that we funded. We're really out there trying to expand the universe. It's not about trying to make huge pots of money. It's about expanding this universe that we all love. Um, you know, we, we've been playing in it for so many years, and there's so much more that we can offer to people who want to play this game and enjoy this game. And that's that's kind of led to our choices of expansions within, you know, the, the funded goal and the first few stretch goals. Because we've chosen stuff that's going to um, either give the players more options or help the GM. Okay. So I mentioned Aqua. Um, obviously, a source book can give you new backgrounds. It can give you new technology. Uh, this one's going to give you naval combat rules. It's going to give you new kind of missions and scenarios that you can do as a citizen of Aqua, uh, which is a city that is a floating city out in the um, ocean to the west of most of the rest of what goes on in Gaia. Um, We also added um, Encounters on Route. Um, Encounters on Route is inspired by my lack of creativity (laughs) while GMing a game, because when you're traveling, you want to have something that's not just an infected attack every time. Mm -hmm. So what I thought was, okay, let's sit down and let's actually not rely on spontaneous creativity anymore. Let's make another book a little bit like the infected manual, where there are a hundred different things that can happen to you as you travel between towns. And the GM goes, okay, you're traveling between towns. And these could be adventure seeds for you. If you want to go that way, they could just be a little side quest that you deal with. Maybe you just encounter a random guy with a wheelbarrow who sells fruit. (laughs) Um, uh, Maybe the weather's bad, you know, and you have lightning striking everywhere. Um, you know, there are so many options that you can offer, and it doesn't have to be, oh, the infected sneak up on you. Um, maybe there are infected within that that list, but it won't be just an infected attack. It'll be more nuanced and interesting than that. And that's something that I fail at spontaneously. Um, you know, I can do it with prep, but I fail at it spontaneously if the players decide to do something a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, Encounters on Route, that's a fantastic idea. I've seen it for like fantasy games. Like I know there's a D&D one um, that I've seen, various other bits and pieces. Um, and we even wrote Encounters on the Edge of Space for Era the Consortium. And, uh, you know, that's the free set of, you may remember, the free sci-fi bestiary. Right. Um, where you can just go, oh, you're having this encounter today. And I thought, okay, let's do this for Era Survival. Let's do this for a survival horror game. It's going to be fairly cross-compatible cross if you want to do it in, in another survival horror game for some reason. So it's it's a really good resource. I'm really happy and proud that I came up with the idea. And, and the guys who are working with me on it, um, there's Fred Harvey, there's a couple of others... Um, you know, we, we've got some great ideas and we're really looking forward to, to writing those up. I'm very confident that, that the first three expansions are going to be funded, I should say, at time of recording. Mm-hmm. We're two-thirds funded. We're only about two days in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident and I'm, I'm very hopeful that the community is going to rally around and support what we're trying to do. That, uh, the, third expansion, cool. yeah. the third expansion is Diaries of a Madman, A Guide to Fallout. 
Um, I've told you many times, John, and your listeners, that all of the era games are based in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And I did mention, I'm pretty sure, to you previously that um, Era Survival holds one of the clues. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I do remember you um, telling us that. The, the clue lies within Fallout, and um, it's more of an Easter egg okay. uh, than, a, than a clue per se. Uh, you've got to know what you're looking for, I think. Uh, there is actually a story within the uh, Definitive Edition uh, and also the core rulebook that um, explores this thing. Now, Era of the Chosen gave more pieces of the picture, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Era of the Consortium gives a, a good chunk. Era Survival gives a piece of the picture, and I think not very many people have seen it. So part of my motivation for bringing Diaries of Madman to the to the top is actually that. You know, I want people to see that there is a link here, you know, and start to try to figure it out. The other reason is that obviously Fallout is sort of, it's a no-go zone. And for me and for my players, that that makes me want to go there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the fact that you can't come out again without being infected or probably shot on sight just makes me want to go there more. Um. <laughs> And I invented a faction in the World of Era Survival um, in the Era Zone, which are called the Explorers, and they intend to go inside Fallout. So I'm going to feature them quite heavily in uh, the Diaries of a Madman. Um, I'd also like to sort of talk about what really is in there, because, you know, there's a lot of infected in there, we know. There's radiation in there, we know. Why? What happened? What made this occur? And that's really what Diaries of a Madman is going to be about. It's going to be about giving you the tools to have an adventure in this place. Okay. Maybe you don't come back, but you can still have your adventure. Huh. That's very cool. I like that. Moving on to the stretch goals, you know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. more stuff that we want to do. You know, those are just the three that you get immediately when it's funded. And you can get those for £15. That's, uh, I think it's about $20 about at 20? the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... The first stretch goal, um, this is a funny story because um, every single time that I run a game and someone goes into a town, uh, they take one look at the mayor and go, wait, hang on, you're literally just living here. This is an easy job. Why are you doing so badly at it? And I thought, okay, 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 fine. It's about time to write a campaign that shows the players just how hard it is to run a civilization, to run a settlement (laughs) in Gaia, right? Uh, this this world is harsh. It's it's very very hard to survive. And running a settlement, uh, you may remember. Um, I probably mentioned before Era Survival Colony. Yes. Uh, my card game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Based in this universe, and that's kind of along the same lines. But I decided to double down on it. Okay. Um, and this campaign, um, it's it's a multi part campaign, uh, where you can leap in at any part that you like. But you have your civilization. As time goes on, you're going to get increasingly difficult threats. So you're going to start with infected. Uh, raiders, um, you're going to have the sisterhood, you're going to have the cult of progression come and try and turn everyone you're going to have the nihilists come and try and kill everyone, you're going to have the swarm approaching what are you going to do about that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, what do you do when someone who is so much more powerful than you could ever be, turns up what happens when the defenders turn up and recruit all of your warriors? Oh gosh okay. you know, because, you know being a defender it's a good thing to do you know Mm -hmm. you can't turn around and go no 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 no. they're evil you shouldn't do that because everyone knows that's not true so what are you going to do when you're left with two warriors who are too old to go with the defenders Mm -hmm. yeah you know what do you do then when the infected turn up um 
I thought it was a really good opportunity to show all of the factions and how they interact with those small villages that are dotted all over the place. Um, you know, it's not quite so simple as you just live there and you grow your food and you hunt and you, you're fine. Because the factions are what make Era Survival interesting. And trying to survive in this world is not as straightforward as it sounds. And that leads me on really nicely to the next expansion, which is called Settlements and People, A Guide to the Population of Gaia. And this one came out of a conversation between myself and Fred. Um, I should say Fred at this stage. Uh, Fred, if you're listening, um, all of your support on this is so appreciated. Um, Fred's been a massive super fan of Era Survival since he came across it. Um, it's his favorite game. I think he likes it more than I, I like it. I like <laughs> it, um, but it's, it's never going to be my favorite game. It's always going to be Era of the Consortium that's my favorite game. But I really do like Era Survival. You know, I, I, I can play it forever. Um... But um, but uh, Fred said to me, hey, um, whenever I'm roaming around, I have real trouble figuring out what a settlement's like. You know, how can it be a unique settlement? Um, you know, I want I want people to come across a settlement. I'm really struggling with this. You know, whenever I GM, I, I really I struggle. And I think that's really, really interesting because for me, I have no trouble coming up with uh, Coppersville or, um, uh, I don't know, um, Kettle Ridge. Um, and each of these, you know, I can I can instantly just go, okay, well, that's different because this. Okay. And um, I will, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and make that different. But the minute that someone asks me someone's name, right. I fall apart. Right. Oh, yeah. I know, I know um, what you're talking Fred about. Fred <laughs> has no problem with names. Fred has no problems with names at all. You know, he's, he's more than happy to just go, oh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, I'm trying to come up with a name now. Joe Simpson. Um. You know, uh, and he'll just come up with a name in no time flat. So I thought, okay, we both have kind of one half of this, and it's effectively the same thing. <laughs> so why don't we write a, a guide to, you know, I don't know, 20 settlements that give you a list of the population, who they are, what they do, one interesting thing about them, okay. um, the name of the town, why it's different, why it's interesting, what makes it unique. Um, and, and just include all of these settlements in here so that the GM has this tool to go around and whenever they want to, they can just dip in and go, ah, right, got it. It's this. Oh, that's very nice. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Like I said, we really want to kind of deliver easier GMing for the game. You know, I think that's a big part of what we'd like to do, mm -hmm. along with obviously the, the player options that we'd like to, to deliver as well. Um, so after that, you know, we've got more parts of the foundation campaign. Um, but uh, not showing yet. And one thing I'm very excited about, and I'm excited about the reveal, so I'm revealing it to you. Ooh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be revealed on the Kickstarter before too long. Um, right. It's mentioned obliquely. Um, Fred entirely came up with this idea, and I, I worked with him to develop it. This idea that, okay, so Era Survival is set 100 years after the Cataclysm. And we're saying that 100 years after that, humanity is pretty much going to be extinct. In Era Survival, there are lots of settlements, you know, there are lots of people trying to make a life. Mm -hmm. What happens 100 years later? What actually does that look like? Let's write a book about the future of that world. Huh. Okay. So we talked about things like, um, you know, the, the people who are still alive then are either so massively badass uh -huh. that they can defeat anything. <laughs> okay. Or, yeah. um, you know, maybe they found a way of working with the infected. So we have this idea, um, just this concept of, um, like, you're walking along a road, right? And this horde of infected deer start running towards you and riding on top of these six deer is this guy. 
<laughs> who's literally just riding this horde to get to where he wants to go. And for whatever reason, you know, they're not attacking him. They're just letting him ride this horde. You know, uh, and I think that's a really interesting image. And, and, you know, what will this civilization look like in another hundred years? What's happened to the swarm? What's happened to the sisterhood who believe that they can be underground and, and or burn the area and be safe? Mm-hmm. What's... What's happened to base nine? You know, have the scientists still not made any progress? Because they really think they're close. So, yeah, I think I think that this is a really interesting idea. Um, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to to being able to reveal and talk more about. Okay. Yeah, that does sound cool. So is it do you, do you envision it being more of a um here's here's a a a bunch of several possibilities, or do you think this is more of a no, well here is the definitive answer? It's it's gonna be here it is, this is what it's like. <clears throat> Um, but as okay. always with the way that we write our games, we're going to leave it open. You'll be able to uh, play in the way that you want to play. I mean, if you wanted to do one of the, uh, oh, I don't know, like Fallout, right? You wake uh-huh. up in a cryo tube, right? And you emerge into this world, but it's not the survival world. It's 100 years later. Huh. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's give you the tools to do that. Okay. That, that could be interesting. Huh. It's it's kind of uh, the thing is that that's so core to what we do with era games. You know, we give you more than one way of playing, and right. era survival delivers that through all the factions and all the different interactions between the factions. But I think that the time aspect is a very strong thing that we work on. You know, era of the consortium, era of the empowered, era of the chosen. You know, the the time aspect is so strong in those games, and era survival is really the only large game where that's not true. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've lost gameplay as a result, but I think the idea of adding this hundred years later is a really interesting one. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by that. When uh when did the Kickstarter start, and when is it scheduled to be to end? So it started on um Thursday this week, which uh, is hang on, I'll get you the date. It was the nineteenth. Okay. Uh, that it started. Uh, it ends on the nineteenth of April. Yeah, its funding goal is three thousand mm-hmm. pounds, um, which is oh I don't know, just over four thousand dollars, I think. Okay. And as of recording, with twenty nine days to go, we are two thirds funded, as I said earlier. So I'm really pretty confident that the first three expansions are going to be funded, and I really want to spread the word because, mm-hmm. as I said, this is really really awesome value for money for people who want to play the game. It's also a really fantastic opportunity for us because all we want to do is create more stuff in this universe, create more books, more ability for people to customize their own gameplay. I have been running era survival uh, sessions for most of this week. Um, so out of the last uh, out of the last six days, including today, um, I've run four era survival games and one empowered and one consortium game. <laughs> wow. And and I've had a brilliant time every time. It's it's it, it, you know this this uh, this coronavirus. Um, it's it's an opportunity really to sit down and and go. Okay, you know what? We are all isolated, but let's play. Let's do something online that we can do. We can all enjoy together. We can collaborate. We can have social interaction that all of us are lacking at the moment. And it, it can be really, really fun. And I've really enjoyed doing these these um, these sessions with Era Survival. Um, I've been digging into the core rulebooks uh, example campaigns uh, just earlier today and um, maybe around the same time, same time as this releases uh, on, uh, on the Swarmcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect I'll be releasing The Ghosts of Westbrook, uh, which is one of the one-shot sessions um, that's in the core rulebook. 
Um, we play through it. Um, we, uh, you know, if you read along with it, you'll even, you know, watch what happens as it goes. And we had a fantastic time. We had a really, really unpredictable outcome towards the end. Uh, really good session. Don't want to spoil you because you'll really enjoy it when you when you sit down and listen to it. So, yeah, uh, I just think that, you know, if if we can rally around as a community and mm-hmm. let's face it, if we can rally around anything right now, it should be a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you know, if we can rally around as a community, if we can make this a thing, you know, a lot of these books cross over to other games. If you really would rather play something else, you know, you'd rather play another survival horror game. You know, the the encounters, it's it's going to serve you in pretty much any any survival horror game you want to play. Some of these GM tools, they're, they're really useful in other era games. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you wanted to include, you know, the settlement stuff, but you wanted it to be in era silence because you're running a campaign off the back of that, doable. Okay. There are so many possibilities uh, in here. And I think that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to really grow this world. This all sounds really, really good to me, Ed. Um, and you're right. You're right. Every, everything you've been talking to us about sounds like if, if you want to take this into other games, um, it does sound like it's all a bunch of really good resources for that as well. I, I'm really intrigued by the encounters and the, um, uh, <laughs> the one about, uh, the one you mentioned about the towns and the, the people, the folks in the town, that one yeah. sounds intriguing to me too. Because I GM a lot of games, and I can't begin to count the number of times. It when, starts feeling when, samey to you as a GM. Whether uh-huh. it actually does the players or not, it still feels samey to you as a GM. Right. That's the right. thing that throws me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, very cool. Uh, was there any any last uh, thing you want to say about this this Kickstarter? Era survival expansions into the unknown too. That's a reference to the to the previous Kickstarter, of course, which is called Expansions into the Unknown. Mm-hmm. Not not really. Um, it's uh, uh, just just maybe just call out a couple of the tiers that might interest people. Oh yes. Uh, oh, here, here is an interesting thing that um, I've never done before. So um, I'm quite aware that uh, because I'm trying to cater to everyone who might want to back the kickstarter there are quite a lot of tiers and there's quite a lot of um different stuff depending and um i made a little graphic that's on the kickstarter um it's both near the top and and in the rewards section um you know i'd like to try out the game you know and it points you at the at the tiers that you might be interested in um i already own this game it points you at those tiers that you might be interested in and so on um so I've never done that before. I, I tried it and, and I wrote this one myself, this graphic. And um, my graphic designer, Alex, who uh, who's graphic designed nearly all of our Kickstarters for, for a very long time, um, actually said he, he thought it was quite good. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. Um, so if you've never heard of Era Survival before um, and you'd like to try out the game, I would always recommend uh, that you get hold of the core rulebook um, over the rulebook primer. That is forty-five pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? Fifty, fifty-five dollars, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, you'll get the core rulebook in paperback, and you'll get all of the unlocked expansions. That uh, every expansion that we unlock with the Kickstarter, you'll get every single one. If you prefer everything digital, you can actually get absolutely everything in digital format for thirty pounds. That's like forty dollars. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, you can get absolutely everything in digital format. That is all of the previous expansions as well. It's not just the new expansions. You'll get everything, so it's a catch-up. Uh, you also get the definitive edition rulebook with that in digital format. 
if you are looking for the definitive edition in print version because you're like me and you just love the feel of a paper book, um, you might want to look at uh, Community Leader, um, £75 for the definitive edition rulebook, which is £60, and then all of the expansions, old and new, um, in digital format. So you won't miss out on anything, um, and that in itself is already better than buying them on our store. Oh wow! So you're already you're already getting a good deal just by being on the Kickstarter if you've not already got the definitive and the um, and the expansions. And then finally, of course, there is the Black Book bundle, as Fred likes to refer to it, <laughs> um, which is the definitive edition, the Swarm, uh, which were already produced. And then uh, uh, Aqua will have its own book and um, any of the expansions that we produce will combine into an expansions volume one for Era Survival in the same way that we did for Era the Consortium. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at that that graphic right now and it is it is pretty nice. I like it. It's I just I, it's very again, handy. I just wanted to try and help people. I know that you might get into the Kickstarter and go, whoa. Yeah, there are like 10 yeah. tiers on this thing. I don't know. I have no idea which one. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to do that. So, yeah, I mean, guys, please, if you're listening, check out Era Survival. Um, join our Discord. We're running games uh, mm-hmm. during this coronavirus time. We're, we're trying to run some games and get people get people involved in gaming. Join our Discord. Um, I'm sure John will put the put the um, URL in the show notes. Uh, yes, I um, will. Yes, I will. So yeah, um, join our Discord. Like join in the game. We're we're running one shots, um, so anyone can join in and and have a game. Uh, we're trying to make the sessions as unique and interesting as possible. Yeah, join us, please. Um, and even if Era Survival is not your thing, join us on the Discord anyway because we're running Era the Consortium, Era the Empowered. Um, uh, someone's been asking me to do Era Lost Legend. Hmm. I might well do some liars or, or, you know, some silence or, well, maybe not silence, actually. Maybe not silence. Yeah, silence would be a bit of a challenge on, on Discord. It would be a challenge. You'd have to have a camera, <laughs> I'd say. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, Chosen or, you know, um, uh, liars or, or, you know, any of the other pockets, absolutely a possibility. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah, I will definitely get that link out there in our show notes so folks can can go jump on on that Discord uh, server and check out some games. So again, thanks thanks for, for coming on the show and talking to us not just about this Kickstarter, but about a few other things related to it. And uh, uh, always, You're very welcome. I, I yeah. always love being here, John. I love to come on here and, and give you an exclusive. And <laughs> that's that's always, that's uh, it's one of my highlights of launching a Kickstarter to come on here and talk to you. So um Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, John, for having me back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'll be back again soon. Uh, you can't seem to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ed. Podcast at gmail.com. Partner, why don't I pour you a sarsaparilla? It's about high noon here in the Swarmcast Saloon. Never mean only one thing. It's about time for a quick draw. Bing, 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 bing. All right, Swarmcast listeners, it is time for a quick draw. Pew, 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 pew. It's just me, right? All right. So, uh, <laughs> so here we are reviewing a quick start game. Uh, in this particular case, this quick start game was happened to be run during our One Shot Wednesdays, which is when we take games out to our FLGS, uh, all sorts of random games, and we run them for people who are there for RPGs, because Wednesday is RPG night at our FLGS. 
So this particular quick start um, was GM'd by Ruby. Hi, guys. So, Ruby, what game did you run? I ran The Witcher, the tabletop RPG. Okay. And what's the basic gist of The Witcher? Um, if you've played the video game, you've watched the TV series or read the books, you know it. But for those that haven't, living under a rock or not interested in the genre, <laughs> um, you are a mutated human that hunts monsters. It is got magic. It's got elves. It's got dwarves. It's got lots and lots of <clears throat> adult romance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of death and destruction um it's a very brutal game it's kind of dark but not gothic um lots of history lore it's all based off of a polish set of books so which which makes things interesting right so it has they, some interesting yeah. like uh a lot of the fantasy lore tends yeah. tends to have a really interesting uh take right. on it right um oh if our friend tim was here because he's he's polish he would be able to <laughs> Corroborate a lot of this stuff. But anyways, so, all right, well, I'm going to ask you um, at least one GM question before we get into all the, right, what's that? the, the true meat, uh, some of the other meat and potatoes of this. Okay. So how was he, what, excuse me, how easy was it to learn this quick start and these rules and about how much prep time did it take? Um, I found it fairly easy, actually. The, the mechanics, the mechanics for everything except combat were very simple. Um, and I took about two hours or so, read through it a couple of times. Okay. And this was the, um, just for further clarification, this was a, uh, free, free RPG day offering mm -hmm. and for it's called 2019, 2019. Okay. And it was called, uh, the Witcher easy mode. Correct. If I recall correctly. Correct. Which, uh, from what I, well, we'll leave that for another category. Okay. okay. So the, the different people who played in the game were some of the people that were there Wednesday night so uh -huh. we, we didn't um, record them but we've got their information written down and their comments and such on which it. we will follow up this portion with mm -hmm. so well because we're going to be talking about some of the player part to that correct. too so that's going to help out correct so uh, I happen to be one of the players so I'll be able to get some insight as far as that goes too so for the players mm -hmm. how easy was it to pick up on the rules I felt it was pretty easy to pick up on the rules based off of what we had. Uh, one of the comments here is the skill-based system works really well, uh -huh. and it was easy to understand. Okay. Uh, another person said the game mechanic was good and seemed to move the game along. Okay. Those are the only comments about the actual about system. About the actual rules. Yeah, the rules. And if I recall correctly, it was just pretty much using what, uh, D10s? Yeah, D10s for a lot of the and things. D6s. And D6s. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is with the D10s, mm -hmm. it, uh, the die explodes on 10s and on 1s. So if you roll a 10, you roll again and you add the numbers and you get to add them. If you roll a 1, you get to roll again, but you start subtracting. You and if you get a 10, for example, mm -hmm. you roll a 1 and then you roll a 10, you're subtracting 10. And you have to roll again, and you keep subtracting. Oh, my gosh. That that didn't quite happen didn't. to us. We only really had, like, an explosion in the downward direction, like, once. maybe once. Right. Um, but still, a lot of fun. Right. I thought that, like I said, it was something a little different. Okay. So how did we feel about these pre-generated characters? Um, this seemed, seemed fairly solid. 
So I admit I've I've played all three of the games. I've watched uh-huh. the show. I haven't read the books though. Um, they put a Witcher in there. They put a dwarf. They put an elven bard. Uh-huh. They they put a nice mixture of the classes and what you would see represented in the games and the books and the the show. Okay. So one of the actual the Witcher that was being played is one of the Witchers from the video from games. the actual video games. That's so cool. so the. And the way that the characters were set up, it with the scenario felt very solid. Yeah, it it did feel like for the most part everybody had a a very distinct role. It didn't seem like there was a lot of overlap. Right with the pre. Um, although the wizard and the bard, I want to say, did have a little bit of overlap because either one of those could have been the very mm-hmm. charismatic character of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, because we had a wizard and a bard. Me being the wizard, I pretty much just said, okay, well, I'll let the bard do all the talking <laughs> because he's, well, it's it's Brian. He's just going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but everything was laid out very nicely on the character sheet. It didn't seem like it was hard to figure out where things were right. on those character sheets. So that was really nice. So let's talk about this adventure some. How was the adventure and did it help convey the setting? I think it helped convey the setting uh-huh. uh, because they introduce you right away to the concept of they have a group of basically freedom fighters called the Squirtel, a Squirtel, whatever. <laughs> they call them squirrels. Squirrels. Right. But they're elves usually. Sometimes they're humans. Sometimes they're dwarves. Um, basically, they're freedom fighters from humans. And, and it's a very political uh, world and there's always a lot of backstabbing and politicking going on and on all sides from all the different places um, so the fact that this particular quick start it basically throws you and said here you have to deal with these people you're literally running away from a war down south right You know, you have to cross this river and one of the only places that you're able to get to to cross this river because you're being chased is this particular village that the squirrels have (laughs) have taken over and killed the villagers. So, you know, what do you do? How do you do this? You know? Yeah, it it did a good job of conveying the sense of uh, urgency and danger. Mm -hmm. I I felt. Well, okay, so. A little bit about the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're about to ask me how railroady was it. Uh-huh. Uh, this one was very open because you it could have this game could have ended in five minutes from starting. That's true. Um, this it would have been very bloody, very bad, but it yes. could have ended in five minutes. Right. Um, this is a very deadly system as far yeah. as oh, yeah. uh, the amount of damage you can do can become very high versus how much damage you can actually take uh-huh so uh, you I, get hurt yeah. and you're hurt because i know bit. i know when when like in that one fight right. uh jason got hit so hard it pretty much almost it uh decapitated his character right. yeah right and and i my character had taken a ton of damage was almost knocked out of it right as well so, so. it's deadly very quickly um but mm-hmm. as far as how railroady this adventure was uh, it really, they, they wrote it very well and left it fairly open. They said, hey, you these players can either do A, B, or C, and depending on what they do, here's what or how you could approach it. And they gave me the most likely contingencies on what people would do. 
Okay. Um, they, but it was three things that I could see. And, and you could negotiate your way through. You could try and fight your way through. Or you could literally just run your way through, which all of them had their merits. Okay. Yeah, and I, I did feel like it, it definitely did give us as the players plenty of options, plenty of choices right. on what we can do. Uh, and I and I could see how in, what we had chosen would have had some very different outcomes. Correct. Uh, either way, any way that it goes, there was going to be at least one fight in this scenario. There's one yeah, okay. unavoidable fight. Right. That's so true. you were going to get all of the different options one way or another. So you were going to probably get a little bit of bargaining. Mm-hmm. You were probably going to get a little bit of the crafting. You right. were probably going to get. And crafting was interesting to throw yeah. in there in yeah. the quick start. Um, and even though we, even though we only had the one, in, one fight, although we could have had many others, many. it didn't feel, it felt like for that one fight we we're in, we really got to use a lot of that combat. Mm-hmm. A lot of the combat system itself. Correct. So that was pretty good. Between the magic, the actual fighting, the witcher's right. abilities. Yeah, we all got to use a bunch of our special abilities yeah. and stuff. It was pretty neat. Yeah. So let's um, read some of these reviews, these things that were written down. Okay. The Witcher, reviewed by Ruby. Would she recommend it? Maybe. Would she buy it? Yes. <laughs> I know. Odd. Okay. Uh, okay. The Good. It gives you a very good, a decent feel of the world. Uh, the skills mechanic is very solid. It has an interesting exploding die mechanic. Okay. Uh, the bad. The combat is kind of clunky. It When you hit combat, it very much slows the game down because of all sorts of different factors that you have to do. You have to determine all sorts of various things on if you hit, what type of weapon you're using, modifiers. It's It's a mini math game at that point. Yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> right. And um, the other, I didn't write anything down for the other. <laughs> well, that's fair. You were the GM. You had a lot of other stuff right. to worry about. All right. Uh, Brian Gambrell. He would recommend it. He might buy it. The good. Interesting backstory for the world. Different mechanics from the typical D20 system. Very lethal combat. Discourages murder hoboing. Uh, the bad that has hit locations and damage variation is too cumbersome. That's one of the things you have to determine is where you hit. And if you hit, you get extra damage, you know? So that's why I said it's a little bit of a math, you know, a lot of steps in combat. Anyway, his other great introductory scenario. Okay. We have Amy Gambrell. She would recommend it and she might buy it. Uh, She says the game was enjoyable the game mechanic was good and seemed to move the game along. The bad. The combat was a little confusing and moved a little slower than she's used to. Uh, the other. Ruby was a great GM and made the combat elements more understandable. <laughs> well, that's sweet of you, Amy. <laughs> you had quite a few players. If I, I did. I had five out of six players. Jason. Uh, he would recommend it. He might buy it. Yeah, the good. Great scenario, multiple ways to approach different phases. The bad. Combat lagged a little because of the crunch. The other. Great to have a taste of a new system. Cool. Rob. We'll just call him Rob. We're just going to call him Rob. He might recommend it. He might buy it. The good. Skill-based system works well and is easy to understand. The bad. Mm -hmm. Combat is too slow with crunchy calculations. 
and the other. Combat's very deadly and has realism, not an epic fantasy game like D&D. It is more of a gritty, right? A gritty game. So, okay. Even okay. though it has magic, it's more realistic. Right. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> it's, comparison though, because D and D tends to the one to want to go a little bit more over the top. Right. right. This one, you can go over the top, but you might end up breaking your own leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, John, would he recommend it? Yes. Would he buy it? Maybe. The good was an interesting die mechanic. The magic system is pretty intuitive. The lethality of is very fitting for the Witcher. The bad. Ah, big surprise. Combat's a little clunky. Some skills, charisma, not included in the quick start. That is true. They specifically mm-hmm. say that certain things have been left out of this so that when you get the book, you have an expanded amount of stuff. Yeah. A lot of it concerned with, surprise, surprise, combat, combat options, and social interactions. Right. And that's, so. that's the thing we've, we see from right. time to time in these quick starts. Right. They pare it down. Mm-hmm. And they give you a good taste of it, other things. All right. right. His other two-hour demo. It was a free, uh, free RPG day offering for 2019. Okay. So my other was, was all sorts of factual stuff. About it. Right. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. So, so this was The Witcher, the tabletop RPG. Okay. And would you, do you think you would check out the full game then, Ruby? I would, because I'm a fan of The Witcher <laughs> in general already. Right. And I think it'd be a fun addition to, and to the, the me- tabletop. The mechanics of the game didn't turn me off, so uh-huh. I would be more inclined to. The Witcher RPG, our Talsorian games. Um, just look up Witcher, the RPG, our, uh, tabletop RPG. It's also from the fine folks of CD Projekt Red. So mm-hmm. if you go find uh, Cyberpunk 2070, whatever it is, uh, you'll, you'll, <laughs> this will just be a hop, skip, and a jump away from that. You literally look up the Witcher the tabletop RPG, you'll and this find should it come right up. away. And you should be able to get, in fact, I know you can get this off of their website and off of Drive-Thru RPG. Correct. Swarmcast, I got your number. I'll call you all the time. Area code 8034704439. Swancast has board game views for you. You got the good. And other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game review. You'll really like it, or I'll make you eat your shoes. <laughs> Guardians Call by Druid City Games for two to five players, ages 14 and up, plays in 30 to 45 minutes. Beware, Guardians, the Dark Dragon Golianth stirs. Gather weapons, artifacts, and spells to defend your people. Offer aid, detect deception, and above all, choose wisely. Lead your people to victory, and council will surely name you Guardian of the Realm. Guardian's Call is a bluffing and deduction game for two to five players. Each player is a renowned guardian, leader of their clan. To prepare the best defense for the people, you must gather weapons, shields, spells, and artifacts. Collect provisions each turn and then make an offer of aid to another player who must then decide if your offer is sincere. Deceiving them or detecting their deception in your turn means the difference between keeping the provisions and losing them to the other players. This game 
was reviewed by John the Good. Sturdy components, gives an interesting mix of bluff and reverse deck building. The Bad. Rulebook has some inconsistencies and unclear at times, i.e. where to discard artifacts from. The Other. The box is laid out well for storage and setup. They use the punch board to make four player one token slash ads. The player one token seems kind of needless, though. Would he recommend? Maybe. Would he buy? No. Reviewed by Ruby. The Good. It has good art. It's kind of fun to bluff slash trick to trick others playing with you. Scoring at the end can really change who wins. The Bad. Felt like there was uh, some ambiguous rules concerning how to get coins while offering. And scoring at the end can really change who wins. The other. I don't normally say this, but could have just as easily used a cardboard token on the castle track as opposed to its plastic miniatures included. Would she recommend this? Maybe. Would she buy this? Maybe. Reviewed by Tim. The Good. Flowed well once we learned the rules and plays within its time limit. The bad. The rules, they need to be a little bit easier to understand and more clarification or an FAQ available. The other. The box is set up so everything has a place. Would he recommend? Maybe. Would he buy? No. Guardian's Call by Druid City Games. Champion of Earth by Shades of Vengeance. It's for one to six players, ages six and up, plays in 30 minutes. Defend Earth from an alien invasion in this fast-playing, quirky, and light-hearted card game. Will you be the champion of Earth? Reviewed by Tim. The good, fun, tongue-in-cheek card game. The bad, uh, that darn alarm card that John played on me all the time. And the other... It's good for lovers of classic horror and sci-fi genre. Would he recommend it? Yes. Would he buy it? Maybe. Reviewed by John. The good. The rules are easy to pick up and it plays well within its time frame. The bad. There's a player knockout um, part of it that's pretty bad, especially in a two-player game. The other. It has some very iconic monsters, themes, heroes, and equipment. Would he recommend it? Maybe. Would he buy it? Maybe. Champion of Earth by Shades of Vengeance. It was a board game reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, I'm a come over a kicker. Tail! Tail! <laughs> Toast meant to say tail. Toast. <laughs> Why do you do that? Oh, yeah. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode of the Swarmcast podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Stay tuned because we're going to have another one that's going to come out probably in a week or two to continue our our Ghost Town um, line of episodes, as it were. Episodes that uh, thematically, at very least, um, will get us through these trying times of having to social distance and stay indoors and not go to our FLGSs to hang out with all of our friends. So tell everybody know that the Swarmcast podcast can be found out on Apple Music, Stitcher, um, all sorts of other places, pretty much wherever you find fine um, 
podcast, you should find us. Don't get us confused with the, uh, I think it's some uh, Iowa football team that also uses, has a podcast that also goes by the Swarmcast. <clears throat> We've been out longer. Um, but anyways, so subscribe to us, like us, comment about us, recommend us, chat us up wherever you can, and we will bring all sorts of good things to you. Uh, remember, if you have any comments or such, you can always email us at swarmcastpodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on uh, Facebook. Uh, find us there. Follow us there. Follow us everywhere. Make up places to follow us and do that as well. So until next time, this is John saying, stay safe. Honey, where are you going with my stimulus check? And the government sent it to prevent the recession Boost the economy through retail investing Shorty said no, that cash needs spending With the mortgage crisis pending Consumer rights need defending And it's not like she's pretending She'll ever pay back what I'm lending No! She took it to the beat like dad it hits hard We're maxing out my Visa and my MasterCard She loves dollars like her name was Adam Smith I guess I'm going with a Keynesian economist In my drop like the dollar spending power In the club dropping ducats by the hour She's got game theory, that's the way she balls When she spends my money, inflation rates fall Sure they want to spend my stimulus check Sure they want to spend my stimulus check My baby don't work, but she likes to spend She'll leave me in the poorhouse in the end And if she works, she know about free trade Supply and demand mean baby gets paid Sure they want to party in a Maserati When I see my bank statement, then I know she's got me She's like Karl Marx when she burns those bills Free market stimulant like Josh Stuart Bell Sure want a diamond Sure want a Benz Like, why the government did something right But as soon as it came, my girl was drinking crystal Pretty soon I had the money in the bank at all Sure they want to spend my stimulus check Sure they want to spend my stimulus check Honey, where are you going with my stimulus check? You're out on the town splurging? Wasting all my money? It's like really bad Okay, it may be patriotic. They may say you're helping to restart the economy and prevent a recession. You need to be planning for the long term, you know what I'm saying? Real estate, land, but you're out on the town. I'm spending my money, stop! Money is so patriotic. The latest outfit, my girl's got it. Mad consumption, that's her function. Blatant wasting, no compunction. I got a girl who's bad with dough, you know. And so I'm kicking on the slow when I let her know at the show. She's gotta be better with those dollars. Holler, my bank account's getting smaller. People, they be buying. America is thriving. With the way my girl is spending, the economy's been mending. I'm not pretending, I'm upset. The GMP is the best ever yet. I guess excess is her MO. But now I'm drinking powder milk because I'm freaking broke. Shorty want to spend my stimulus check